from the Ledger Newsroom in Lakeland, Florida, this is Backcourt Violation, our weekly podcast bounces across the basketball universe with your host, Brady Fredrickson. Now, Backcourt Violation. Hello and welcome to another episode of Backcourt Violations. My name is Brady. I am here at the Ledger Newsroom, as they said in that great, not corny at all, cool <laughs> introduction. Um, we're back again talking basketball on a Friday. Uh, you're probably not listening today. Uh, the Lakeland Magic uh, opened their season at home tonight against the Canton Charge. Uh, we'll get into that in a little bit, but I kind of wanted to try and meld the Orlando Magic with the Lakeland Magic and kind of what we've seen from both. And now, uh, you know, obviously the G League being in, in Polk County and Lakeland is a new thing and people are still kind of trying to figure that out, I think. But, you know, when you look at the, the NBA side and, you know, plenty of people care about the Magic in Orlando specifically when the team is good. Uh, and so that makes, you know, this week kind of interesting because the Magic are one of the surprise teams in the NBA. Uh, there are 7-4 and four um, you know, playing as well as they've played since probably the Stan Van Gundy era. And, uh, you know, I just kind of have watched a little bit of the Lakeland Magic in their two games, and I've seen, you know, the Magic play, and you can kind of see how these two teams are coexisting and how the Lakeland Magic are trying to be a junior version of what the Orlando Magic are doing at the NBA level. And so, I mean, you look at the Magic in Orlando and you see, you know, this surprising record, the surprising start, and you kind of wonder, well, how are they doing this? Because this team has been, you know, <laughs> winning games in the 20s to maybe getting to 30 wins. Now they're on pace for over 50, and, you know, the chances of that are unlikely probably, but uh, they're still playing as well as they've been. And, and part of that reason is offensively they've they've really kind of shied away from playing big and slow, and they've really sped the pace up. And, you know, they're playing at the sixth fastest pace in the NBA, up from 10th last year, and so... Uh, you know, they're trying to play faster to get more possessions, to get more shots, you know, the smart way to play. And so they're scoring more because of that, and they're up around 105 points per game, which is pretty good, and a lot of that is coming from three-point shooting. Uh, as a team, they're hitting 40% from deep, which is outrageous unless you're the Golden State Warriors and you have, you know, three of the best shooters of the last 25 years in your team. Um, you know, one of the big things for Orlando has been Aaron Gordon, who looks to be uh, this year's kind of breakout star if you take out the Giannis Antetokounmpo in, uh, in Milwaukee because he's already on another level. But, but Gordon's been great, and he's a guy that kind of has been feeling around trying to find his way since he was drafted a couple years ago. Uh, Gordon's at 19 points and 8 rebounds per game, but you know, he's not the only guy that's having a great year. Evan Fournier's averaging up over 20 points per game early on, and he's always been a guy who can score. But for both of them, it's been consistency and finding a way to be able to stay and maintain their best levels, and they haven't been able to do that. And that's a problem you see a lot of times with young guys. But the one issue you see when you look at, you know, not only Gordon and Fournier, but really the the entire Magic team in Orlando is that uh, the three point shooting. It's it's just it's insane. I mean, Aaron Gordon is hitting fifty seven percent from three point range. He's gone from a uh, unsustainably bad free, you know, three-point shooter and free-throw shooter to a great one. And it's not that he's, you know, good or bad at, at shooting from the perimeter. I think he's somewhere in the middle. But nobody shoots above 50% when they're a volume shooter like he is. And, uh, you know, at the moment, you know, when you shoot three threes a game, you're not, 
you shouldn't be making threes at that type of a volume. And so, you know, that's the interesting thing is, you know, Aaron Gordon's making 58%, Evan Fournier's hitting 48%, you know, even Nikola Vucevic is hitting, you know, 42%, and, you know, he's been improving in that area, but it still is one of those areas where you look at it and kind of wonder how long that will last. And so, you know, that's the problem, you know, going forward that the, the Magic and Orlando have to figure out is how they adjust when their shooting regresses down to the mean. But the funny thing about that is you look at the way they're playing, basically with four players, you know, four outside, you know, perimeter players and one interior player in Vucevic, and you look at the Lakeland Magic. And so, you know, Lakeland, at least early on, has gone with the same five to seven player rotation, and a lot of that has been guards. And so, you know, Rodney Purvis is a rookie from Connecticut, and uh, Jamel Artis is a rookie from Pittsburgh. Troy Capane is a rookie from uh, Cincinnati, and Maverick Rowan is another rookie from North Carolina State. Now, all four of those players, I don't think any of them go more than six foot seven. So you're looking at guys who can shoot the ball, handle the ball, and you know, from Artis's perspective, at least, he's the, the the power forward, quote unquote, who's expected to kind of bang around and rebound. But Troy Capane, a point guard averaging 10 rebounds per game through two games, which is a lot for a guy, you know, who's handling the ball on the perimeter, unless you're Russell Westbrook, but Copain is certainly not that. The interesting thing, though, is the big men kind of, you know, this is a team that doesn't have a lot of size, the Lakeland Magic, and Kevin Foster, a guy from Kathleen, uh, you know, he's played a little bit, and he's kind of a bigger body, but he's only six foot eight, and, uh, and you know, the main center has been uh, a guy who most fans don't know about named Kevin Birch. Uh, Birch played overseas the last couple of years and really made his name playing in the EuroLeague, which is the top professional level outside of the NBA. And he's a versatile guy who kind of has the, the big body and the ability to play a power forward center in today's league, but he can also step out and guard somebody and he can really kind of make his way around a pick and roll defensively. And those are the big guys you want to have in 2017. And so, you know, Birch has probably been their best player this year and he's on loan quote-unquote he's a sign from the Orlando Magic but he's averaged 14 and a half points four blocks two steals and 12 rebounds along with two assists too so he's really done everything and, and he's one of those guys who I think by the end of the year you know if playing time opens up in Orlando I think he'll be a guy who helps them due to that versatility defensively um, you know but like I said Capane's averaging a double-double as a point guard with 15 points 10 rebounds Jamel Artis is averaging a double-double, 17 points, 12 rebounds. And uh, Rodney Purvis, a guy who I wrote about maybe a week and a half ago, uh, he's in the top 15 in scoring in the league at 25.5 points per game. And so these guys all can score. And that's one thing you'll notice with this league is that there is more offense than there is defense. I'm pretty sure on Thursday night there was a game that – was 144 to 140 in regulation no overtime so points are scored that's fun unless you're into the grinded out 1999 style of basketball but um you know the way these Lakeland Magic are playing and the way that Stan Heath kind of is running what he's running is based on what Frank Vogel is doing in Orlando and that's kind of the cool thing if you watch both of the teams you can see that you know as the Orlando Magic decide to play smaller the Lakeland Magic are playing smaller and really, there aren't many big bodies in Lakeland, period, because they're trying to replicate the roles in case any of these players were ever needed to be signed in Orlando. Um, and that's kind of the thing that you look at with these teams. If Orlando was playing 
two big men like they were a couple of years ago, you may see two six foot ten, six foot eleven guys playing power forward and center. But instead, you've got a six foot seven guy who played small forward in college in Jamel Artis. And so, you know, it'll be interesting to watch both of these teams because I think they're going to score a lot of points, and I think that'll be fun. And even once the Orlando Magic's shooting kind of regresses back to where you know it realistically is going to be i don't think they're going to fall off by any means i think they'll still be competitive and and at least a contender to make the playoffs and and take that eighth seed in the eastern conference and you know so it's interesting to watch kind of the basketball you know variance this year but i have a question and, and i know there's really no way for you guys to reach out to me so obviously you can always follow me on twitter uh that is at brady b-r-a-d-y underscore fred f-r-e-d so as the guy who has to write these stories, I always try and figure out how do we differentiate the magic in Orlando and the magic in Lakeland? Like we don't have, a, like they're the same name. So how do we differentiate which one we're talking about? I don't know if you've ever heard of the Lakeland Flying Tigers. They have adopted this nickname of Flygers, which is kind of a way to, to you know, shorthand a really long name. But I'm taking all suggestions of how the heck we should try and differentiate the Lakeland Magic from the Orlando Magic because there's a lot of magic in stories and that seems like too much. And so if you have any ideas, any cool nicknames that we can try and pull out and make work, you know, send me a tweet and we'll and we'll tweet back and forth and we'll figure it out. But um, that's all I've got today. I have to actually go and cover this team. So uh, look for my story on uh, www.theledger.com. Uh, you know, check back next week. We do this every Friday. Uh, hopefully, we can figure out some some different ideas to make this podcast cool. You know, cooler than that introduction, at least. You know, as cool as that is. So, uh, you know, I'll talk to you next week. Uh, it's Brady. Uh, it's backcourt violation. Uh, thanks for tuning in.